We're underway at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mad Dog Pod. I'm Nate. I'm Gabe. And I'm Andrew. Today we're going to be doing something pretty similar to what we did for the last episode, but this time we'll be way more excited, way more enthusiastic, a lot more good stuff to talk about because we're recapping the Browns game against the Bengals on Thursday night where we won, I think it was 35-30, to 30. correct me if I'm wrong yeah. on that. Um, we'll, we'll just go position by position, kind of like what we do for the Indians uh, reviews so far this season. So, I mean, we can start with Baker. I'll pull up his stats quickly. But Baker, as we all know, he had a pretty good night. He looked like – this is – I think ignoring the stats, the thing that was I liked the most was he looked like Baker Mayfield. Like, he threw for 219 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception, which is pretty good for Baker. Like, that's the numbers I want to see him putting up. Um, with a 110 QBR, but the big thing for me was he looked confident. Him and Odell were on the same page, and we were running play-action plays that worked for Baker, which, as all of us said on the last episode, was all we wanted to see. We wanted to see Baker play confidently and play-action plays. So I, I liked Baker's performance. Um, I'm like Obviously, I don't want the interception, but he was good overall. He was really good in the first half, really efficient. And he just looked like Baker Mayfield playing the Kirk Cousins role, which was what I want to see. Yeah, I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised with Baker. Very happy, actually. Um, I'm not too worried about the interception, honestly. Yeah. He, you should have seen William Jackson, but that play call is so – it's not very a good play call because you're running a, a deep slant over the middle with Harrison Bryant, and you have nothing on the left side to keep the corner from shading over. Uh, shading over towards the middle. So that, that play is really never going to work. Um, but Baker was was good. He was efficient. The thing I like to see was off the start, getting the ball quickly, no indecisiveness, just boom, 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 down the field, live with what you got. And um, he – that was – I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but it, it seemed like it's the best game he's played in a year. Yeah, and the like, and he only threw the ball 23 times too which yeah. um, is probably one of the lowest attempts he's had in the game ever. But that's what our system should look like. We have two top running backs. Yeah. That's what I like to see. The Sort of going off my comments, I think I overreacted a tad bit. But I didn't expect Baker to actually look that good coming into this game. But um, I think he. this is what like the offense is going to be. He's going to throw like 20, 25 times a game and we're just going to run the ball like 40 to 35 times. And yeah. I'm completely fine with that. You know, um, he's going to be – I Dustin Fox said this um, on the radio, but he's going to be more of a game manager than anything. And I know that's not what people want to hear, but especially with a new system, I sort of like that you're not putting too much pressure on him to carry the offense like Freddie Kitchens did last year. Yeah, I mean – so going into the game, like the big story was like, oh, the number one pick this year against the number one pick from two years ago, right? Baker versus Joe. And I mean, when you look at the stats, Joe, his totals were like 
a lot higher than Baker Mayfield, but this dude threw the ball 61 times, and Baker Mayfield was just more efficient, did the right things. I mean, obviously the offensive line wasn't helping Joe that much, but uh, I think Baker definitely outplayed him. I mean, it was definitely under certain circumstances, but uh, he looked good. He looked efficient. And on that one interception, uh, like he juked that lineman. And I was like, oh, he's going to throw a dime for a touchdown right here. (laughs) And he threw a pick. And I was like, oh, man, I would have loved to have seen that. But, uh, I mean, he still looked good. So that's what we really wanted to see. I really liked it. He looked like Baker Mayfield. And that's all that I wanted. The past – year he hasn't been looking like himself he's been a ghost of himself and he got confident last night or two nights ago and he he just looked like baker mayfield and he was doing what kirk cousins did for the vikings and that's all i want to see if we can run a replica of the vikings offense we will be a good team this year and that's what stefanski's kind of come here to do um going off of the burrow versus baker comparison one really good thing that uh I liked from this game was zero sacks given up by us. Um, It has a little bit to do with us having more blockers and just having a better offensive line overall. And it's very nice to see our offensive line perform as we saw with how many yards we were getting on the ground, but also not giving up a sack. But I think it also needs to give some of that credit to Baker who last year had a really hard time because his drop back was like six steps which took a lot of time. He was had one of the longest dropbacks of any NFL quarterback, um, and he's clearly worked on that. He doesn't get sacked as much anymore. He was pressured uh, to scramble a couple of times, but Baker's good, pretty good on the run and good at improvising. So I really like to see that. Um, I think- uh, regarding the offensive line real quick, um, Jedrick Wills looked really good for first two games. He looks like he's uh, – based off the first two games, he looks like he's been the right pick. Um, which is really – I'm really happy to see. But also, I think it's important to, to note that the Bengals were without Geno Atkins and Mike Daniels, who are like top – their top two um, pass rushers, at least. I know Geno Atkins is and like Matt, Mike Daniels is like uh, the backup, but he's a really good player nonetheless. But they were uh, without those guys. So it wasn't the hardest assignment for the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, also, though, we did have three of our top five offensive linemen scratched for the game or questionable heading into the game. Like Jedrick, J.C. Treader, and Jack Conklin, who started on the bench, were all questionable. So I was really worried heading into the game that, like, we wouldn't be able to block. So it was a good performance. And the really good thing is now we have a 10-day break so those guys can all be back to fully fit for the game uh next Sunday against the Washington football team. Yeah, one one more thing about the offensive line. Uh shout out to Wyatt Teller. Dude's uh been stepping up big. I didn't really expect much from him this season and he's actually been proving me wrong. He's been doing pretty well. He had a good PFF grade for uh both weeks and I mean that's what you just like to see from a guy like that. Yeah. L- last thing for me about blocking real quick. Uh shout out to Andy Jan- Janovich, our yep. fullback. Um it's so nice to see a fullback again in Cleveland for football. I mean, he he's really, really great at blocking and, and going up and leading Chubb and Hunt, and he just adds another dynamic to our run game f- with blocking. Um, he really impressed me um, on Thursday night. 
Yeah, and I didn't really notice him in the uh, the first game at all. Like, I don't think he had that big of a role in the first game. But he mm. definitely, like, you could tell he was there. His presence was very much noticeable and pretty big for our run game. Um, on that, I think we should transition into the run game. So, obviously, as we said in the last episode, we didn't have anyone. We've only had one player ever rush for 100 yards in week one. Um, and we didn't see a lot of touches for Chubb and Hunt last week. But this week, Chubb got 22 carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns. And Kareem had 10 carries for 86 yards, one touchdown, and he also had a receiving touchdown. So, I mean, that's probably one of the first times in Browns history that we've had two running backs get two touchdowns in a game. And overall, it was just dominant running. Like, Chubb averaged – probably like 5.8 yards per carry and Kareem averaged 8.6, which is just insane stats from both of them. They're keeping up the production that they had uh, and the efficiency they had in week one, but multiplying it to more carries, they dominated the game. And for any of you who checked our Twitter or just opened social media or like got a notification from ESPN, everyone was talking about Chubb and Hunt after the game Obviously, like, Baker was a big storyline because he played well, but the real story of the game was how dominant Chubb and Hunt were together as a backfield. And the good thing I liked was we're starting to see Kareem Hunt back to Kansas City Chiefs rookie Kareem Hunt, where he's not just receiving for us, he's also running the ball dominantly, which was really nice to see. Yeah, I mean, this running back duo is definitely the best in the league. And we haven't seen anything like it in Cleveland since, uh, like, Ernest Biner and uh, Kevin Mack, which was a long time ago for us. And, like, these statistics are just insane. Like, Kareem Hunt's average run, like, average rushing per carry in that game was Mm 8.6. That's insane for a game and for, like, a running back. Like, obviously, he was, you know, uh, more in the third and fourth quarter when we were just trying to – run the clock down but I mean you just love to see a running back like that put up those statistics like that it's just really good to see from these guys and I hope they can keep it up like this because it can be something special and with Kareem Hunt's two receptions that he on the game both of them had over 100 yards from scrimmage which is crazy for two running backs to have in the same game and like it's I'm just excited to keep seeing them play. Like I love watching Chubb run anyways because he's so strong and he's just has like unparalleled vision that I haven't seen in a running back in like a long time. Like there's a play when Chubb, the run was to the left, he cuts back, he gets 15 yards to the right and he just makes stuff happen and Kareem Hunt's doing it too. Yeah. Yeah, the these two guys uh showed showed why they're the be- like top 10 running backs in, in the NFL on Thursday night. Granted, again, I have to mention Geno Atkins and Mike Daniels weren't there, but honestly, I don't think they would have done much to stop those guys on Thursday. They were special, uh, absolutely special. The, the thing is, is looking forward with these two guys, we have to get ahead early or at least be yeah. in the game for these guys to be – as effective as they need to be. So I know we'll get to the defense later, but the running game is going to depend a lot on the defense. Mm -hmm. If the defense can keep it close, the run game 
will be dominant for us and we can beat most teams, I believe. Yeah, I think that's definitely the big thing is no matter how good your running backs are, if you're not leading in the game or at least close, you can't really just be running because you're running the clock out. We would need to focus on Baker then. But based off what we saw last night, if we can get an early lead or stay in games, we are set up. Yeah, and I mean, just a quick thing on the defense, like it really showed in that game that like, you know, they kept beating our defense and coming back in, but then we would just run the football, get right down the field, put ourselves ahead again. And it, it was just this repetition thing. And also one more thing on Kareem Hunt. Uh, last year I felt like he was really underutilized. Obviously he was new to the team and new to everything. And we have Freddie Kitchens calling the plays, but uh, he was really undervalued and really underutilized. And like, think about this dude at Kansas city. He was looking like he could be, you know, one of the top three running backs in the game at the time. And now that he's here, he's healthy and he's in a good system. The fact that we have like two of these guys is insane. So look to be the best running back duo in the league for a while. Okay. Now I think we can move on to the receivers Obviously, our running backs had a great game. We touched on that already. And it's something that we can expect uh, and that we kind of did expect anyways. Something that was really unexpected, and I think he's the main receiver that we need to talk about and really the one that's shown in today's game or on Thursday's game was Odell Beckham Jr. Obviously, the media for the past year and a half have been talking about Odell and Baker why don't why aren't they connecting? What's wrong with Odell and Baker? Like Baker's been worse since we got Odell. Odell is like whining or whatever, and they've just been hyping up this storyline that it's never going to work out with Odell and Baker. One of them's got to go. Um, like either Baker's not good enough or Odell's personality doesn't work. But on Thursday Night Football on national TV, even if it's not the most interesting game because it's Browns against Bengals, who are historically bad teams, Odell showed up. Baker was thrown to Odell, and it all worked out. Odell had four receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown. The touchdown was insane. He arguably could have had a second touchdown um, if that pass interference was called when the guy pulled on his jersey. And he just looked like he cared. He got the receptions that he wanted. He didn't get 100 yards, but he had a great game, a nice touchdown, and him and Baker looked like they were on the same page. I know it means nothing, but at the end of the game – when uh, the Bengals had the ball, Odell, Baker, and Jarvis were all sitting together on the bench, and they looked like best friends. And it was just, like, that was one of the best pictures I've seen in a long time. Like, it made my day to just see the three of them sitting there being buddies and being on the same page. And overall, like, it just – it. I don't want to be too hyped after this game because, I mean, we did only win by five. But Odell looked like – him and Baker can actually make this work, which made me very happy. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be the one to like, you know, tap the brakes a little bit, but like, remember last year, you know, Odell started out, you know, not that great. And then there was the Jets game. Yeah. Monday. And he looked really good. He had like that long touchdown and we were like, Oh, he's finally showing up. I mean, and then he didn't really, the rest of the season kind of, it was like shaky at best. And 
now it's sort of the same thing, but like something was a little bit different and it was like the timing and connection and it was more natural than what we saw last year that I'm, I don't think it's going to be the same thing as last year. And I think they're going to continue to find their connection, find their group, and it's going to look natural like we've wanted it to. And I think he's going to have a much better season than last year. And it's going to be good. Talking about uh, how like it looks more natural. That's something that Baker said in an interview leading up to the game this week. He said to the media, like, I need to stop trying to force the ball to Odell. It, if it's going to happen, it needs to come naturally in our offense. And it can't just be me, like, throwing the ball up to Odell and hoping something happens and trying to make the connection happen. It needs to be more natural. And I think we all saw that pretty clearly on Thursday night. Like, they looked like they were on the same page. It's not like Baker was just throwing the ball at Odell just to be able to say that he threw to Odell. It was going. It was happening naturally in the offense, and it looked good. My uh, my biggest takeaway for Odell um, from the game against the Bengals was that I hope he's okay with about four to five receptions every game, because that's what he's going to get. Yeah, especially with how much we run. And I hope that you know, as long as we win, he's satisfied. But this. I'm a little worried because you're walking the tightrope here. If you win, you're only throwing the ball to him five times per game and he's getting four receptions and you're not winning, he's not going to be very happy. Yeah. And so they really, really need to pull pull through and win these games to keep Odell happy. And, and um, I don't know. It, you're going to get to a point, I think, where Andrew Barry is going to be like, we're paying this guy a lot of money, and we only throw to him four times per game, five times per game. I, this is me looking way down, yeah. way down the road. But you don't, you don't pay Odell that type of money to have him make four receptions per game. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we're talking about this as like a good game for Odell, and he did only get six targets and four receptions, might be – I'm okay with it, but it – Obviously, for Odell, it might be concerning. Yeah, I think I don't think he's a bad teammate. So I think as long as we win, he'll be fine. Yeah, I truly he, believe he when he says all I care about is winning. Like I truly believe that. Um, I think that like the statistic, you know, that he's only you know going to get four receptions per game. I think that just comes with having like a stacked, talented offense like this. Like Jarvis Landry is your number two receiver. That's insane for a number two. And, you know, we have Austin Hoover who gets a lot of – who can get a lot of receptions and yards, you know, in a different team. Kareem Hunt's a great uh, catch pass-catching running back. And then we also have Carter L. Hodge and Rashard Higgins, who I wanted to touch on. Rashard Higgins only had one reception in the first game for, like, nine yards. Nothing in this game. So it's starting to look like Carter L. Hodge is going to be – the number three uh, receiver. And I know he looked good in camps and like people on Twitter were saying like, wow, this guy plays sort of like Odell does. And he looks like he could be a good receiver in the league for a long time. And, you know, Richard Higgins signed that contract this summer, I think. And he said like, Oh, I want to stay in Cleveland. You know, I want to come back and I'm happy here. And I think, 
it would be nice to incorporate him more in the offense, but like we can't give the ball to everyone. Like there's not enough spots and it's kind of just this awkward situation where, you know, you could play one guy here, play him there. And it's kind of like switching off between the two, but I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. That's something that like, I honestly watching the two games forgot Higgins existed because like, I don't remember him being on the field that much. I don't, obviously he only got one reception in the two games and Hodge was getting a lot more targets than him. And even in week two, like Njoku didn't play. So that's another person that we, at least after week one, it seems like we like to throw to that would take receptions away from Higgins. But if they think Hodge is playing better and Hodge is playing pretty well for us right now, I'm okay with it. But Higgins is one of my favorite Browns players um, just off of the year he had Baker's rookie year and his attitude towards Cleveland because he's one of those guys who's like diehard Cleveland, like Kareem Hunt, like Joe Thomas. So I don't know. I'd love to see Higgins be a part of the team and be getting more receptions. But if we're winning games and Hodge plays well, it's nothing we can really do about it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know about that. I like Higgins, but like maybe there's something we just don't know. Like we saw that we thought he was pretty good. Is Baker's rookie season. And, you know, it's hard to say Freddie Kitchens is good at evaluating talent. I don't know about that. <laughs> but, you know, I sort of trust Stefanski a little bit more now. It's not not close to 100% yet, but, um, you know, if, you know, maybe there's just, maybe there's some stuff that we don't know. Maybe Hodge is just outdoing him in practice. And, like, he's just running better routes, not dropping balls, and maybe he's just doing better. And if he is, and that's going to help us win, I'm fine with that. Um, But if Hodge starts to slip, I'm fine with throwing Higgins in there in that situation. Um, But whatever helps us win mainly is all I really care about. Yeah, just, like, I brought it up because, like, last year, Baker really liked throwing to Higgins and two years ago. It was, like – one of his like favorite targets to go to like maybe not numbers wise, but like every time he threw the ball to Higgins, they just had this connection that like seemed like really strong. And I, I'd like to see it this season, but it's just a really tough position. And I know it means nothing for our team. It's really just, and like an enjoyment factor, but like the two of them celebrating touchdowns together and just like just the way they like act together like that's like what you want from like a wide receiver quarterback duo um it's what baker and odell kind of look like last week but like i really want to see hollywood roll out the red carpet have baker take pictures of him after he scores a touchdown but i mean if odell's gonna be scoring touchdowns and kareem and chubb scored two a game I don't care if Rashard Higgins is on the practice squad if we're going to win the game. It's yeah. just it's just a little sad to see because I think for a lot of Browns fans, Higgins was one of our favorite guys, regardless of how well he performed. He was kind of like a, I guess like a deli where, you know, he doesn't have the biggest role on the team in terms of output, but everyone just loves him. I think now um, I don't have anything else to say about offensive players. Uh, do either of you guys? No, I don't think so. 
Cody Parkey. Cody Parkey. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we should talk about the special teams now. So obviously we got a new kicker um, in Cody Parkey, who I we didn't kick a field goal in the game. I'm pretty sure. Nope. So we don't like we only saw him make extra points, which he should be doing as a professional kicker of like multiple like a veteran kicker. But he's got to figure out how to like our special teams has to figure out how to do kickoffs. I don't care if we just kick it out of the back of the end zone every time, but the Bengals off of our kickoffs started on the 40-yard line or better three times because they had two long returns, and then Cody Parkey's dumbass kicked one out of bounds, which I don't know like if it's a strategy that they're trying, but a couple on a couple of his kickoffs, he would kick it to the sideline. One of them, he just kicked it out. And I don't know if it's like some new strategy that I don't know of, but it sounds it looks pretty stupid and didn't work. So I personally think he should just be kicking the ball out of the end zone, give them the 25 yards, so we don't have to see our special teams looking like a high school team that can't tackle. Because it's like it's such a fundamental and basic part of the game. But if you're giving your opponents the ball on the 40 every single time, if it's anyone other than a team like the Bengals who aren't that great. We're going to get punished. And even the Bengals punished us for it. They put up 30 points on us. So we had a bad defensive performance, but the special teams and the kickoffs really did not help. Yeah, I, um, I saw Pat McAfee go over this on Twitter, and it was basically like we were, when we were kicking the ball off and we'd kick it over on the left side of the field, mm-hmm. and the Bengals, for, like every time, they just, they, we would run with their block. So their block was to set up and push us towards the left side of the field. And we just ran straight to the left side left side of the field. So we were getting basically shielded off from half of the field. It gave the guy plenty of room to get up and uh, get down the field and get up for good position for the Bengals. So I think, like, that just comes with, like, recognition. I think they'll see that on film. Um, I hope I, they should be able to fix it. Yeah, and um, even even if the fix is to just kick a touchback, like there are there are fixes to it. And we got ten days. I don't think it'll be an issue long term, but in this game, just had to quickly say like, figure out how to do your job on special teams. Yeah, it, I think it has something to do with our depth on defense as well. We have a, got a lot of guys out right now, and our depth on defense is just flat out terrible in general. And, you know, those are a lot of those guys on the kickoff team are those backup players, you know, on the defense. And, I mean, I could see it being a problem, but I, I think we'll figure it out, say, you know, in some ver- uh, fashion, you know. Mm-hmm. I think with that, we should go directly into the defense. Um, we can kind of bounce around on players here. Everyone just talk about whoever they want. I think the person we should start with, though, I don't know if you guys agree, is Adrian Claiborne. He had a great game in this game, filling in for uh, Olivier Vernon. Mm-hmm. And he had, I think it was it was one sack, only two tackles, but one and a half tackles for loss. And he really filled in well. And I just wanted to give him a quick shout-out because, obviously, he wasn't meant to be a starter, but he filled in that role and played well. Yeah, one guy I want to shout out is uh, Denzel Ward. Had a yeah. great game. Uh, was locking up A.J. Green a lot. 
you know, he, he let up a couple receptions that like he just couldn't get to. And I, I think one touchdown he let up actually, but he was all over the field making plays and just locking down a bunch of players, Tyler Boyd, AJ Green, whoever it was. And he also had a great PFF grade. And I mean, I just want to see this consistent consistency out of him. You know, first two games were great. Now just keep it going through the rest of the season, stay healthy, and he'll be, you know, one of the best corners in the league. Um, the guy I want to shout out um, is a guy no one was talking about coming into this offseason. He actually replaced Adrian Claiborne in the game when he got injured. Yeah. Um, Porter Gustin. <laughs> uh, he really impressed me. That dude w- was balling on Thursday night. I mean, what a time to ball out. Uh, he had four tackles one tackle for loss and just a massive hit on Joe Burrow on the Miles Garrett. Yeah, that was nasty. Just absolutely blew him up legally <laughs> too. Legally destroyed him. Um, <laughs> that's probably that was probably Joe Burrow's welcome to the NFL moment or maybe that was like Randy Bullock missing a 31-yard field goal last week, but um yeah, he really impressed me and um I hope to see more from him, but uh, hopefully Claiborne's all right. So we might not um, get to see a, a ton from Porter Gustin. But first game, really, he did great. Yeah. I think overall our line performed pretty well. We had three sacks, eight tackles for losses, and they really did not run the ball in the game. They had 24 rush attempts for 68 yards. Their longest rush was nine yards, which, like, Kareem Hunt literally almost averaged nine yards a carry. So clearly our line was doing something right. I would have liked to see a little bit more pressure on Burrow. He was dropping back somewhat comfortably every once in a while and getting decent passes off. But overall, I think our line did their job. Um, Like with like another guy who did well was Sheldon Richardson, six tackles, two for a loss and a sack. He, he performed well in the past two games and has looked like, a major piece in our defense. I actually think if anyone is likely to step up besides Miles Garrett and be a leader on our defense, I think Sheldon Richardson might be that guy for us. He's seemed pretty vocal and he's been playing a pretty good, big role in our team. Yeah. The defensive line is really talented. One thing I will say is um, the Bengals may have the worst offensive line I've seen in a long time. I mean, that is terrible. Mm -hmm. I feel really bad for Joe Burrow. (laughs) <laughs> he's going to get killed this year. They yeah. can't – I can't bl- – they're not going to be able to throw the ball 60 times with him and expect him to stay healthy. Like, <laughs> their offensive line is so bad, and it sucks because you got a guy like Billy Price from Ohio State who I was – you played well in college, and it just seems it's not happening for him in the NFL. And um, I don't know for yeah. if there's any Bengals fans watching – you know, they were complaining about their offensive line last year. We were complaining about our offensive line. They have worse off. They had a worse offensive line. They had a worse offensive line, no question. Um, and, you know, we, we know the defensive line is talented. Uh, that's not – it's not saying that the defensive line isn't good. We know they're good. We know they're a, a talented group. It's just – don't expect that much production in the game again, really. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say – on, regarding the uh, defensive line, it was like left and right, every pass play, Joe Burrow was getting knocked on his ass. Like 
whether it was a sack or him throwing the ball as Miles Garrett is just tear, taking this dude down. Like, I think Miles Garrett, like, it was like every other pass play, this dude was on him and just he got taken to the ground so many times. And I was like worried that Burrow might get injured or, you know, Miles might get flagged. But it was like this timing where he would go after him as soon as Burrow's getting the ball out. And like, I just feel bad once again, like what Gabe said, offensive line was terrible, is going to be terrible. And yeah, Miles Garrett looked great though. 90.1 uh, highest rated PFF grade on the team. So. Uh, also, shout out. Um, we got to see our first Miles Garrett offside penalty of the year. Um, we got to keep it counting. You know, he's going to pick up a lot more. But when I saw that flag go up, I was like, ooh, Miles Garrett offside. We know. We know what's happening. I was, um, I was yeah, watching with my, with my friends again, and they were like, oh, Miles Garrett, like he's not that good. He gets offside penalties. And I was like, no, that's, I like that. That means he's being aggressive and he's doing his job. So. We need to get a little tracker for him. Yeah, like the like the Jose helmet tracker for the Indians. Yeah. But I think overall, obviously, like, giving up 30 points, you don't want to do, especially against a team like the Bengals. But the last seven was a garbage time touchdown. I, I'm not really going to hold that against our defense. It didn't matter. And the Bengals had a lot of the ball, especially in the first half, because of how quick and efficient our offense was moving. Like, Baker at one point was like 11 of 13 and his only two incompletions were the Odell should have been pass interference. And then the ball that he spiked for intentional grounding and our running backs were both putting up insane numbers. So we were moving for most of the first half at like nine yards per snap or something, something insane. So our defense was on the field for way more of the game than you would expect in a game that you're winning. So like the 23 normal points that we gave up can be a little bit worrying against an offense like the Bengals, but overall, I think our defense performed pretty well. No, I I disagree with that. With that, I think our defense was. I the defensive line was good. Um, okay, like like the, the secondary people, was really bad. The people who like are starters for us in the long term performed well. Which is who I'm focusing on, because uh, obviously, like, he's going to be a starter long term for yeah. us, and he sucks. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm up, not like, even high. Uh, he put up high tackle numbers in the game, but that's also because he was just messing up. And... He got he got a penalty for basically that would be targeting in college, and he'd be thrown out the game for that for his tackle because he led with the crown of his helmet directly hit someone in the head. Um, he's just not. Again, coverage. I mean, he was getting burned. I think um, he's getting burned by uh, Tyler Boyd, who's a good wide receiver. Um, Mike Thomas, not Michael Thomas, Mike Thomas, sort of the second rate Michael Thomas, um, got burned by him a lot. Um, after the CJ, um, I don't know what his last name is, but their number one tight end went out. I think he's got an Achilles injury, by the way. But um, uh, they're. Uh, their uh, second tight end was burning him as well, and all our linebackers. Um, yeah, the linebackers were the one area. I thought the second actually, I thought the secondary was worse than the linebackers. Um, but it's really, it's really, you know, picking trash from a trash can. Looking at those two, those two groups yesterday, like, oh, 
this was bad, but this is equally not yesterday, but Thursday, you know, this was really bad, but this was also really bad. It's, it's a polished turd versus an actual turd in terms of the linebacker and secondary. Uh, I, I think one thing that I was worried about and me and uh, Andrew mm-hmm. were talking about this before we started re- recording was uh, BJ Goodson. Like he can't move enough to be a starting linebacker. Like, this happened in the game against the Ravens too, where there were balls that like, if Mac Wilson was on the field would not have been completed because like, he's just a step behind and he's like, he's old. I don't blame it on him. Like he's here for leadership and for a veteran defensive player. And because we had injuries and we needed somebody, but the, the linebackers really worried me. And then, we already talked enough about Sendejo on the last week's podcast, but also on this one. Like, I, I want Delpit and Mac Wilson back as soon as possible. Yeah, quick thing. Um, Delpit in a wheelchair is better than Sendejo. I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. Or it, on crutches, I'll take him. You know, they had that video in Baker's rookie year of the guy on the cart in that rookie showcase in Hard Knocks. Yeah. The guy on the football cart. We need that in our secondary. That's better than Sendejo right now. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying it all all year long since we got him. Uh, Sendejo, he's just bad. You know, I didn't like the pickup, and obviously I don't like it now. And then the B.J. Goodson thing, like, he looks like a line he, – or uh, he looks like a defensive tackle. Like, he's just big and kind of fat – and he just doesn't move well. And he's you know, not fat. I was when when we were watching the game. I was watching with someone, and you know, uh, he made like a tackle or something like that. And the guy next to me is like, "Yo," or uh, it was in, it was in coverage, and he was like, "Oh wow, the defensive lineman in coverage making a play." And I was like, "No, that's our middle linebacker right there." And I, and he was like, "What? He's wearing number ninety three? Like?" I was like, "Yeah, no, that's our middle linebacker." And, and he. He's I was like, yeah, 243 pounds. He's he's I mean, a large man. I don't mean to disrespect BJ Goodson. I he's mean, not. You call him fat. He ain't yeah. fat. But, I didn't know but, what he's, he's he's old. He's, he's big, and he can't he can't move like he once could. And he's only 27. He's only 27. He's only 27. He's oh, uh, I thought he was older, but yeah, he, he, uh, yeah, he's been playing since 2016. Oh, what the. I thought he was like actually old. Well, then, then no excuses. He's just slow, and he needed to work on that. I thought he was actually old. That's okay. Yeah, I I just think overall, like, I am more than ready to see Delpit and Mac Wilson on the field. Like, we need them. It's kind of sad to be saying that about a fifth round pick from last year and a rookie that like we need them, but we do. Our secondary and linebackers are subpar, to say the least. Talking about Mac Wilson really quickly, um, I think I read somewhere that on Wednesday he's supposed to come back to practice for the first time. He won't – I'm assuming he won't be there for our game on Sunday against the Washington football team. That would be absurd if he made it. But hopefully he might be back as early as the Cowboys game, which is earlier than we expected anyways. So it'll be great to see him on the field. He's been – a big presence on social media uh, off the field while he's been injured. And he looks like he is really ready to get back and be a leader on our team. So hopefully we won't have to watch number 93 stumble around anymore. Yeah. Uh, 
Also, we're going to have Gritty Williams back, I believe, for our next game, which yeah, is going to yeah. be good because Terrence Mitchell has been so, like, inconsistent. He'll, you know, he'll make an okay play on the ball in, in a man-to-man, and then he'll just blow coverage like it's nothing. And yeah, he, almost, he almost had a pick six uh, on yeah. Thursday, but Burrow overthrew it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't – I don't, I don't hate B.J. Goodson's play. I, I don't think – I just think he's average. I don't think he's, like, great, but I don't think he's been – maybe you guys have been paying more attention to him, but I don't find him making as bad as mistakes as, like, the secondary, Sandejo, Joseph, um, a I lot of guys. He's, he's all right in the run game, at stopping yeah. the run game. It's just – I just can't watch him in coverage. <laughs> he's just not elusive enough. Yeah. Which I mean, sometimes I like. I think he has like good vision when it comes to like stopping the run game, and I think that's like his best attribute probably. And he can use his size to his advantage. You know, he'd be really good at covering Gronk. Yeah, but old Gronk though, not not like actual good Gronk. Yeah, and like this know, version of Gronk, the by, that, you know, that's trash. T.J. Ward out here. I think. I think. Uh, like. There were a couple plays that, like, his coverage was good. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the pass down the sideline that Burrow had where he, like, it was, like, a defender, his receiver, a defender, and he snuck it through BJ's, like, arms. Like, that was insanely good coverage by BJ. But I don't know. I think it's just me being a, like, hyper Mac Wilson fan that every little thing he did wrong, I was, like, on top of it. But, like, I'm ready for Mac Wilson back. I loved him last year. And I think he's going to be a big presence on our team this year. Also, did you know that, like, did Taki Taki play? Yeah, uh, like, he was did. he doing yeah. anything? Yeah, and, and a couple tackles. And... He had five tackles and f- half a tackle for loss. He had five tackles? I know he had a tackle, uh, like, half a tackle for loss. I remember that. But I did not remember him seeing making many plays. That's on me. Five tackles is good enough for me. Um <laughs> Yeah, and also one more thing on, like, the linebacker position. I've seen a lot on Twitter, like, a couple of Browns fans saying, man, why didn't we just get Schobert? You know, our linebackers are looking pretty bare. Let me just say something here. All right, Joe Schobert, he was asking for way too much money than what he's worth. Okay, now, obviously, you could say, well, I mean, he's better than what we have, and, like, you know, it might as well pay him. But, like, he was asking for, like, four to five years. And a lot of money. Four years, ten mil per year. Just not worth it. I, like, I think he was actually asking for more than what he got with the Jaguars. For yeah, Jackson, and like no. I my like, second favorite team. Better linebackers in the future, and it's just not worth it to pay him long term like that. Yeah, my second favorite team is the Jaguars, and I was disappointed to see the contract that we gave, that we gave Joe Schobert. That was. Not very good. Um, I the one thing I hope to see is uh, I don't know why this rumor came out, but if the Browns can trade for Miles Jack, that'd be very oh, it'd make me very happy. Yeah, he's I love beast. watching he's him. He's an play. absolute beast, and it looks like Jacksonville wants to get rid of every player. Um, and you know they they're an okay team. It seems they're gonna be okay with Minshew, but um, that'd be nice to get him. That would really bolster. Our linebacker, he'd be easily the number one linebacker on the team. I mean, yeah, he'd be one of our best defenders on the team. 
But overall, I don't think, given the injuries at cornerback, safety, and linebacker, to wrap things up with the defense, I don't think it was an abysmal performance. I was okay with it, especially considering how much time they were on the field. But in the end, like, it does need to be better. I think it will get better with more time um, and guys coming back who should be integral to our defense. Um, about the game as a whole, do any of you guys have anything else you want to say? Yeah, I think one thing we do need to talk about, Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. Great game. Great, like, great comeback. Looked awesome. Uh, play calling. And uh, just a great comeback from him. Yeah, I was impressed with Kevin Stefanski. My one note, the fans, great job. Created a real atmosphere. I know there's only 6,000 fans there or something, but you can notice that there was fans in the stands and you could hear them. Credit to Browns fans, showing that they're once again the best fans in the NFL. Yeah, with that, I think we can wrap up this episode. Uh, Thank you to everyone who's listening. Glad to see the Browns get – a tally in the win column. Hopefully we'll keep it going against the Washington football team next Sunday. Um, We have 10 10 days rest heading into a game against a pretty bad team. Um, For everyone who's from Ohio, we're facing a couple of Ohioans on the Redskins, and we'll see how it goes. But for now, we can all go to sleep happy knowing that the last time the Browns played, they won. Yeah, we can call them the Ohio State football team, to be honest. I mean, but yeah, uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Mad Dog Pod. Like, comment, get in the conversation. Anything really helps us. Yeah, uh, subscribe and rate our podcasts on Podbean, uh, Spotify, and uh, Apple Podcasts. And share it with a couple friends, some Browns fans, maybe some Bengals fans just for this game. Um, but make sure to get this podcast around. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.